The 10-Minute Math Podcast will help parents answer the two big questions. Why is math taught differently today? And how can I support my own child at home? We are your hosts, Jan and Colleen. We are two teachers crazy for math and on a mission to help parents use normal everyday routines such as bedtime or mealtime as opportunities to build their children's number sense so that their children can find the joy, wonder, and beauty of mathematics. 10-minute math, an equation for fun, daily routines to make math connections. Welcome to episode 114, season 3 of the 10-Minute Math Podcast. Today we're going to answer the question, what does a child have to learn to be able to count? Now let's get started. Learning how to count sounds like it would be a simple thing, but yet young children really struggle. Well, that's because there's a lot more to counting than meets the eye. Today, Jan and I are going to talk about everything a child must learn to be able to count. Yes, counting is more complex than simply memorizing and reciting number words. Children need to understand the counting sequence, as well as one-to-one correspondence, cardinality, and subitizing. Okay, that was a mouthful. Let's break it down. Yeah, it sure was. All right, you ready? Here we go. So, first a child must learn the counting sequence. Our numbers have a specific order and there are patterns to our number symbols. Your your child might know some of the number words in order from singing songs such as one, two, buckle my shoe, or maybe you read a book to your child with a rocket ship ready for a takeoff and your child has learned to count backwards from 10. Yes. And then there are the teen numbers that don't always follow the pattern, such as 11, 12, and then 13, 14. Why do the teen numbers have that word teen after them, but not 11 and 12? (laughs) That's a good question. And it doesn't make sense because we say teen at the end of the number, but the higher numbers start with 20 or 30 or 40. Well, anyway. You can see that learning the counting sequence is not an easy task. Another component of counting is the idea that exactly one number from the counting sequence is assigned to each object in a collection. Teachers call this one-to-one correspondence. This is why it is sometimes easier to learn to count when actually counting objects. One idea we have shared before in this podcast is creating a counting jar where a child collects some small object of interest and keeps the collection in a jar to practice counting as the collection grows. I love those. And you know, teachers also use counting jars in school, but they may call them counting collections. All right, a third component of counting is to understand that the last number assigned to an object when counting the collection indicates the total number of objects in the collection. Teachers call this cardinality. This is an easy concept to assess. Just ask your child how many objects in all after they have counted a collection of objects one by one and see if they know the answer. 
If they start counting the objects over again, instead of saying the total number, that is an indication that they don't understand the concept of cardinality yet. A fourth component of counting is the ability to recognize a small group of objects without having to count them. Can your child see two objects and know that there are two objects without counting? If so, then they have the ability to supertize, as teachers call it. We have also shared on this podcast that a great way to support your child in supertizing is to play games with dice. Can your child roll a die and tell you the number of dots on the die without counting? If not, you need to play more dice games. I played a dice game with my five-year-old grandson, and by the end of the game, he knew how to double any number on the die without counting each dot one by one. <laughs> That's awesome, Jan. Another thing, a reckon rack or a math rack, it's another tool that will help support your child in learning to recognize a small group of objects without counting. A reckon rack or math rack has five red beads and five white beads. So if all the red beads are moved over to the left side of the rack, then your child knows the beads represent the number five and your child won't need to count all the beads one by one. This idea of seeing a group of objects and knowing how many and all without counting is such an important idea that it was added to our Wisconsin state math standards when they were recently revised in 2021. So to review what Jan said earlier, in order for children to learn how to count, they must also understand the specific order of the counting sequence, one-to-one -one correspondence, cardinality, and subitizing. I guess learning how to count isn't so simple, is it? You got that right. But knowing what your child can do will help you as a parent know how to support your child in learning how to count. Does your child not know the counting sequence yet? Try singing songs or reading books about numbers. Remember that one, two, buckle my shoe or that six little ducks that I once knew? If your child doesn't understand that each object gets only one number when counting, create a counting jar of some of your child's favorite objects and practice counting. If your child doesn't understand that the last number in counting tells how many, try playing board games with your child. Choose a board game with dice and you can work on supertizing at the same time. To get even more ideas for supporting your child in math, head over to our website at www.10minutemath.com. That website again is tenminutemath.com. Bye for now and thanks for making math fun.